The Marine and the Hippie is a weekly conversation about current events aimed at presenting alternative viewpoints while looking for common ground. We are the Marine and the Hippie. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Marine and the Hippie. This is dialogue number 36. And today we are talking about something that I feel very strongly about, the speech of the ghost of Christmas present. I'm not sure where Dylan is at as far as Christmas is going. I'm not going to pretend to speak for him. As far as I'm concerned, Christmas is not a religious holiday for me. Christmas is a commercial holiday, which is designed to sell lots and lots of stuff at the store and help retailers and and all this stuff make lots and lots of money. It doesn't have to be that way, though. And it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always seen as that way. And one of the contrasting views on Christmas came in the uh, form of the Christmas Carol written by Charles Dickens in 1843. Many of you guys probably have either a Disney or a Muppet view of the Christmas Carol. And as a matter of fact, if you actually read the story or listen to the story or see a good rendition of the story, you'll realize that the story itself is a social commentary rather than a story about Christmas. It happens to be set at Christmas, but in fact, it's a critique of liberal London during the Industrial Revolution. And a lot of that critique holds over even to today, 175 years later, where you still see a lot of the same social problems that plagued London as the the city grew dark with coal soot filling the air and, and uh, there was poor people all over the place and all kinds of weird diseases that spread throughout the city due to really heavy concentration of population and all these other things that are associated with the Industrial Revolution in Great Britain. And there's one part in that story, which is about social commentary and social critique, where Scrooge is asked to give some amount of money to some charity and Scrooge asks the question, isn't there not enough prisons in London to house all these poor people who don't have homes or don't have food? And the people who are asking him for charity are aghast that he would suggest the prison rather than any kind of charity. And then he asks about workhouses. And the people say, well, you know, some people would rather die than go to a workhouse because workhouses were notoriously terrible, you know, disease-ridden, you know, crime-infested slums that the absolute indigent had to go to and perform grueling labor for 14 hours of the day for very, very low pay. It was basically a design to get the poor people off the street and out of people's minds. And so he asked if there weren't enough workhouses and the people said, yeah, well, people would rather die than go to a place like that. And Scrooge very coldly says, well, they'd better get started on it then in terms of dying (laughs) rather than going to workhouses. It would help the whole country if they just all died off. That was the idea that Scrooge voiced in The Christmas Carol. You see a lot of that same attitude being voiced today toward the poor that it would just be better if they just all died off so we wouldn't have to drag these poor people along our society we wouldn't have to satisfy any of them in terms of need meeting their basic needs or anything like that they've cost our society far too much just by their mere existence they better get to dying in other words that's the way our society treats poor people but anyway scrooge sees three ghosts as you probably know in the story and at the end of the second ghost visit the ghost of christmas present scrooge sees two children that are clinging to to the ghost legs and they're called ignorance and they're called want and on the forehead of ignorance lies the word doom and the ghost says that these are society's children this is what society based on ignorance and want will create its own doom and scrooge then asks is there nothing no kind of charity that can help these poor children not be so emaciated or devilish or, or demonic or whatever and the ghost asks him very simply are there no prisons are there no workhouses? He basically turns Scrooge's words against him. And the reason why I think this is so poignant and so profound is that we still live in a society right now where that is our solution to poverty. And that is our solution to ignorance. And that is our solution to want. 
is to think that we can help them, but at the end of the day, really, we just wish they would die off and just leave us alone because we can't stand to look at them. And as a matter of fact, that ignorance and that want will be the doom of our society. And that's where we are today in 2021. And we live in a society that's characterized by ignorance and want. We refuse to do anything about it. When you're talking about kind of London, you're talking about sort of just Western civilization in general. And we're talking about ignorance and want. You have to understand what is ignorance and what is want to really kind of get the message that Doc's bringing to the table today. Ignorance is being stupid, ultimately. It's, it's, not, it's a willingness to not learn and to not be able to put your differences aside to come to kind of a, a better place. And that's where we're at as far as um, education and want is the desire to have shit, to have things that you absolutely don't need to, to move forward in life, whether it's a, a cell phone, whether it's technology. Even though these things are designed to be seen as needs, they're not. We only have very specific needs. So ignorance and want, I think, creates a big problem with the poor. The only thing I see that's a little bit different is that I think that the elite or the powers that be, they've created through want and through ignorance kind of the modern day sweat houses of, you know, of America. And I can name them, name a few of them at least. I would say that they are movie theaters or Starbucks or shopping malls or Walmart, Kmart, Target, because these are jobs in which nobody really wants to do. They're forced to do them. To survive, they're forced to do to be able to survive at a as somebody whose values very little. And when we come back, we'll uh, continue with Bah Humbug Dialogue 36 with the Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Hippie talking to you from Turkey and Muslim country, so I didn't even really realize that this was Christmas week. So to all of you, Merry Christmas as well. Hey, this is Doc with Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Marine, and let me just say, make love, not war. Peace. Welcome back to Dialogue 36 with the Marine and the Hippie. Bah humbug. (laughs) I am the Hippie. When we talk about ignorance and want, we're talking about kind of buying into things without reason or purpose. So we're branded, we're sold things, we're sold ideas, we're sold concepts, but we're not really taught or given, I don't know, given the water or the food that we need to move forward and to survive. We're not given actual concrete tools. And the easiest way for me to explain this is through five letters that some of you know. It's a V-B-N-M-V. It's a hashtag. Vote blue no matter who, which is ignorance and want. It's it's saying, hey, we have to, we have to vote for a party based on nothing. We're going to vote this group against this other group because this group is against this other group that we're against. Well, does that mean we're going to get to a better place? No, it doesn't. Because as Doc has brought up, Charles Dickens in 1843 has clearly said we're at the same place 180 years later with the same problems. And we're not moving forward. We're not changing. We're not coming together collectively to move forward to a better society in which kind of change can happen and change for the betterment of people will occur. And until we get there, and again, I'm going to say this because I say this over and over, until we come together at the bottom and fight against the top, there's no change because the top have all the leverage, even though they have the fewer people. 
it seems that people are so satisfied to live in the society which is clearly broken that we all know is broken we all know is fatally crippled by our ignorance it, it we've actually brought our own doom on the warning that charles dickens's ghost of christmas present gave us because we've ignored want and we've ignored uh, ignorance i take the want a step further and, and i would call it need like the basic needs are not being met by our society we see millions and millions of people going without basic necessities uh in healthcare or basic necessities in housing or basic necessities in food we've ignored that we've called them uh, people who demand those things, we've called them leeches. Uh, we've called them, you know, um, just, you know, ne'er-do-wells. We've talked about their moral character, about how accepting any kind of charity or assistance leads a person to be morally deficient somehow. Like it's some kind of like moral problem that we are poor, you know, and that's the kind of society we live in. And taking that step out with a vote blue no matter who, people say that that's a solution to the problem. When in reality, it is merely the character Ebenezer Scrooge asking the ghost of Christmas present to hide the children ignorance and want behind his robes again because he can't stand to look at him. You're not actually solving the problem of ignorance or want. You're not even really acknowledging it. You're hoping that you don't have to acknowledge it. You're hoping that it can be swept under the rug and ignored. And basically you're ignoring the the ghost of Christmas presence admonishment to pay attention to that lest you bring about your society's doom. Uh, right after this break, we'll talk a little bit more about this. Uh, you're listening to Marina the Hippie Dialogue 36. Uh, Bah humbug. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, this is Dylan with the Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Hippie. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Marine and the Hippie, dialogue number 36. I am the Marine, and I'm here with the Hippie. Uh, we are in two different sides of the world, about to celebrate a Christmas or non-Christmas, depending on where we live. Before the break, we were talking about vote blue no matter who and ignorance and what. And you know, we keep the same concept of workhouses for the poor. Like workhouses are a warehouse for the poor. Starbucks is a warehouse for the poor. As a matter of fact, ignorance also feeds into that, Dylan. And ignorance is the ability to see the shiny you know, to walk into your job and see, oh, look, there's like fake wood and, and everything's shiny. So this isn't a sweat house. Well, it is a sweat house because you're, you're not able to meet your needs. You're not able to follow your own path or to follow your own dream. And a lot of the times I think about the poor and the dumb. Nobody thinks that they're poor. Nobody thinks that they're dumb. Yet there are billions of people who are both poor and dumb. So this leads us to a conundrum. If you're somebody, I think that on certain things, I'm probably pretty dumb. I don't know how to work on a car engine. That makes me dumb when it comes to opening up the hood of a car. I can open up the hood and take a look in and say, I have no idea what I'm looking at. I know what certain parts are, but I certainly don't know how to fix it. Poor pretty much means that you can't really survive long term without your job, without your, your current vehicle to accumulate wealth. I am poor. I'm not wealthy. I survive by the skin of my teeth because I accept that I am poor and I understand that I'm poor and I try not to go past what I want. So I try not to spend my money on things that I don't absolutely need. And I don't think that this is, this is something that we, society wants us to do. They want us to spend all of our money to the point where we die because then we're replaceable. Somebody else can learn to make the latte. Somebody can, else can learn to stock the shelves at Walmart. 
And you're right when you say that most people don't think that they're poor or dumb. An interesting statistic that's always kind of flabbergasted me, to use the Dickensian term, befuddled me, is the idea that more than 75% of the population, regardless of their income, regardless of where they're at on the income spectrum, believe that they're middle class. And mathematically speaking, that's not possible to be 75% in the middle class. That means that basically everybody's in the middle class. And rich people don't ever think that they're as rich as they actually are. And poor people never think that they're as poor as they actually are. They all believe that they're middle class. And for some reason, you know, we can speculate as to how it got to be this way, but for some reason it's being maintained. It's a fiction that's being maintained by the people themselves. You know, it's it's almost like we don't ever want to actually admit the fact that we're poor or that we have needs in the society because that would lead to some kind of judgment by our fellow members of society that we're somehow morally deficient. And I, I want to give a quick shout out to the millennials who I think are on to this. The millennials understand that if they don't own a home, they're poor. And that's why so many of them are buying homes is that they see it as, as capital to put their money to, to have to accumulate wealth. And comedians, millennial comedians hit it on the button. One said, who here is a boomer? Somebody raises their hand. He says, I fucking hate you because the boomers bought their houses for like $35,000 and now their houses are worth like $2 million. And, and that's where the issue is. The issue is if you're middle class, you don't own your home, you're going to have to pay to live somewhere for the rest of your life. And the idea of owning a home is so that you can, when you finish working, you don't have to pay rent. So then that's, that's a big bill that you no longer have to pay. And we're not taught these things early enough, or we kind of have to find them out on our own, but they're not taught in school. What's taught in school is, you know, English and math to, to pass an exam. And to how to kind of fit into the system of buying, of purchasing, of following a path that doesn't always lead to the pot of gold, which means that, oh, yeah, you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to go to get your master's, supposed to get your PhD, and this is going to lead to a great job. The idea that we need a great job just to live a decent life is what is pretty offensive to me. Like, you know, I'm very well educated. I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort getting my education. And, you know, eventually I'm going to be paying it off someday, but I'll be paying for the rest of my life to pay for it. However, it never amounted to much for me. You know, I never became a tenure track professor, even though that's what my education was job training for. And the, the fact is, is that it didn't ever occur to me while I was getting all this education it didn't ever occur to me while I was doing this job trading for this job that I was supposed to have after I was done with it to ask the question, why is it that our society is arranged to the point or to the degree or in the direction that I actually need a high paying job just to live a decent life? And I asked Dylan this while we were doing prep, like what gives a landlord or what gives a trash garbage collection company or the utilities, what gives them the right to charge me a premium to allow me to have a basic existence? Who gives them that right? Where does that come from? And the thing we came down to was the fact that we as a society did because we accept that as the norm. We never, ever question this. We never, ever want to inconvenience ourselves to the point where we are like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. Like, why do I have to pay someone else to live my life? Why should I have to do that? And if we answer that question in a way that 
we say, well, we don't have to, we shouldn't have to pay people to live a basic life. Then that kind of gets rid of the need to have a good job, you know, or to own our own home or to what whatever. So we don't have to pay when we're done working. Well, why do we have to work? We live in a society that requires us to work to pay for rent. Why do we have to pay rent? Well, because we got to have somewhere to spend the money because someone else's property. Well, I think to end, end the show on, on this lyric, there's a lyric from a band called Rage, take the power back. Well, what that lyric is referring to, and it can be flipped up to say, you know, we gave the power away and we keep on giving it away with the idea that somehow there's going to be a rainbow and on the other side of the rainbow is going to be a pot of gold waiting for us. These are fallacies. The only way to fix things is to come together as a we. But since we are both ignorant and have want and are taught to have want, we're not willing to put our differences aside to work together. That's the ignorant part. And because we we think that going to see the new Marvel movie or to get the new big TV or to, to buy something is more important than actually collectively living together, we don't move forward as a society. We kind of keep on giving our voice away or giving our power away. And that power has been diluted to a strong cup of coffee looking like a glass of water, in my opinion. Thanks for listening to Dialogue 36, Bah Humbug, the Christmas special with the Marine and the Hippie. I'm the Hippie signing off from Kusadashi, Turkey. And I am the Marine, also soon signing off from Iowa. Uh, unfortunately, my name doesn't sound nearly as exotic as Kusadachi Turkey. But if you want to check us out, check us out, marineandhippie.com, where we have all of our uh, blog and everything like that. You know, All of our socials can be found there and everything. Feel free to also tweet at us, marine underscore hippie, uh, with an IE on Twitter. And for the hippie, I'll say Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. into a, spe- a, spe- a special forces compound in California and attacked two special forces men, cutting them, and they ran into an office and called the police. Ninja 2, special forces zero. Yeah, $900 billion because right. two special forces guys who can't beat the shit out of a ninja and have to, who have to lock themselves in an office. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, that's that's it. You are listening to Green and the Hippie. <laughs> Do it. It's done, man. It's already in my it's head. For more information on the Marine, follow Doc at Supernova underscore Earth on Twitter, and listen to the Supernova Earth Show on Spotify. For more information on the Hippie, follow Dylan at Gezi and Me on Twitter, and read his blog at ObservationsFromTheSpectrum.org. dot